Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another exciting week and another exciting album. Uh, this week on tap is Opeth's Blackwater Park, which I think is going to be one of the more interesting episodes we've done, but for reasons I'll get into later. Uh, I'll kick to you, Chris. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Um, it was a dark week having to listen to this album several times, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Well, we'll do Freedom Call next week, and everything will just sound a lot better for your ears, I'm sure. Um, anything else that uh, you listened to this week that kind of struck a chord with you? Uh, I didn't really find the time to, again, to listen to any albums. You're going to find that I have a lot of, like, uh, what do you call it, like ADD when it comes to, to music. I, I kind of have a, sometimes, especially when I'm working, I kind of like to keep things bouncing around. So, um, I guess I kind of sometimes have a short attention span, but there was a couple of new tracks that uh, came out this week. Um, the new Pyramids album came out, um, I believe today, and um, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I saw that there was a track with um, Brittany Hayes from Unleash the Archers doing guest vocals, and I just had to listen to that because I'm such a big fan of theirs. Uh, and the song is called Transcendence, and really good stuff i enjoyed that a lot um also um new therion single dropped today pretty much what you'd expect from them uh, a new single from wet or wet uh which is um a project between uh, jeff scott soto and the uh, singer from eclipse whose name is going to escape me at the moment um and then also i did uh post the other day um my most recent playlist I put together and that'll really kind of give give you an idea of what I've been listening to lately. I definitely want to make a shout out to um Ashley Edison, lead singer for Power Quest. His other band Dandera uh released a single from their next album uh Reborn into Darkness, which I believe is going to be coming out um either by the end of this year or early next year. Uh the song is called Reborn. Really awesome stuff by uh Ash on vocals, his brother Brad on bass, and the other guys from Dendera. Definitely want to uh, recommend that. Um, and I do want to say I've I haven't heard the album yet. I don't know if it's out. It might be, but the singles I've heard so far from the new uh, Jeff Scott Soto album are I'm really enjoying. Um, just pretty much what you'd expect from Jeff Scott Soto, like really good, uh, just good like classic hard rock. Um, but I believe there was a song, uh, it was called Someone to Love, which is a really, really awesome uh, ballad that I really enjoyed. So those are some of the tracks that kind of caught my ear this week. Nice. I, 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 at the top of my list was the new Pyramids album. And I was actually going to talk about it. It came out today. And I think it's probably in contention for album of the year. I listened to it twice already. It blew me away. I was... I've always been a fan of theirs. I thought that even, you know, no matter who was singing on the discs, I just thought that they were really, really catchy, you know, melodic power progressive albums, if you will. The new one though, and maybe it's because my expectations were not the highest. And I'm not even sure why that is, but I just, I put it on and I could not get enough of it. I immediately started the entire album and played it straight through twice. That's how much I loved it. Uh, I need to spend more time with it, but that is, and a, a contender for album of the year for me. That's how solid the entire disc is from beginning to end. And while I have everyone here, one other thing that I just would be remiss if I didn't mention, yesterday you sent me a track 
And it was a song that obviously, you know, we spoke about Nightwish last week, but you sent me a vocal coach doing a basically a critique of Ghost Love Score, uh, which I... You know, it's obviously off of Once. It's not off. It's not off of Oceanborn, but it's a. It's it's one of their most famous and probably most popular songs. I got so much joy out of watching somebody else hear that for the first time that it actually like gave me chills. I was that taken back by somebody else's reaction, who's not in the metal scene by any means, just somebody who had been recommended this song, heard it, and was just blown away um, by Floor's per- performance on, 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 on a live rendition of Ghost Love Score. So thank you for sending that to me. That was awesome. I really, really was taken back by that. And one other thing that I had been listening to this week, I was revisiting a lot of the old Leprous stuff that I just love. Uh, obviously, a, a, a band that... Um, has a little bit of an Opeth tendency to it, actually, ironically enough. But I, I was listening to The Congregation, their 2015 release, and I can't, I can't give them enough praise. Every album is different. Uh, I think that they, they've, they've matured quite a bit from their earlier stuff, which I, I love. But they, they are, they are. I, I think they are due to break out as one of the top progressive metal bands going forward and it's a shame that they can't tour anymore because they, i know they had a successful u.s tour a couple of years ago and i'm just hoping to hear that see them here and see them stateside uh in, in the near future when when things return to normal they are they're a fantastic band they're definitely one of those bands that i would not have expected to like as much as i do just because of the style but um i really enjoy them I, I, like as a power metal guy like i really enjoy leprous i i love um, I love the vocals, um, the way he can do like just both like really kind of quiet and and like really just soft singing, but also really powerful. Um, definitely a fan of Leprous. And going back to that Nightwish video, um, I, 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 I just found myself just like I was watching this on my phone laying on the couch and I just found myself smiling at watching this woman who had never heard Nightwish before and just like her facial expressions alone made the whole thing. It was like a 23 minute video because she would stop and talk about like each part of the song that she was listening to and just her wonderment and her appreciation as like a professional vocal coach um, was so cool. And she, you know, took the time to, um, to not just, comment on the vocals but also the music itself uh floors outfits so um i uh will definitely have to put a link to that i mean i think the video had if it didn't have a million views it had close to it so um i'm sure a lot of people have seen it already but it's just as a metal fan i i I definitely wanted to um echo your sentiments that it was really just a a pure joy to watch that video It, it was almost as if they had recorded us when we, you know, going back to, you know, 1997 and 1998, when we heard things for the first time, that was kind of the joy that we got out of it. Although she articulates it a lot better than I do for sure. But just the expression on her face and, and the, the bewilderment and the wonder of, of what she was actually hearing for the first time, it brought me back to, you know, to, to when we were hearing this stuff for the first time. And that, that's really why uh, it struck a chord with me. Yeah, um, she, she, she was like, she was like, um, her her use of the, uh, the her use of the alto vocals here. Um, you can say that she's singing in a piano uh, style, and and we were just like, uh, wow. So that was the difference between her and us hearing metal for the first time. 
Yeah. Then again, I don't know that I could speak after I heard uh, heard this stuff for the first time. So credit to her for actually being able to put words to it. Um, with shifting gears, I picked an album for this week that, uh, spoiler, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. But I purposely picked it because, A, it's a band that has been one of the most famous bands, I guess, that we've done so far and one of the most successful and commercially successful at that. I think they've even been nominated for a Grammy or two. Um, but the reason I, I wanted to do this album was because I know this is not in your wheelhouse. And I know it's something that you've heard and, and it's an album that um, you, you know, you've obviously heard about and, and you've heard the tracks on it. But I don't know that you ever s- took the time to really sit there and listen and digest it this straight through and also i there's a chance a fairly decent chance that we may have very differing opinions about this disc and that's really why uh i wanted to talk about it this week so without further ado blackwater park uh just for historical perspective it was opeth's fourth uh full-length release uh, sorry fifth full rate full fifth full-length release it came out in 2001 it was kind of a um I call it a bridge album for the band. The first four Opeth albums are very, very heavy. And although there's an occasional ballad, it really is just progressive death metal at, at its at its at its core. And they're great. And and still life. The album that immediately precedes this is also a gem of an album. Uh, the first three, you could really hear them coming into their own. And everything after Blackwater Park really starts to take a transition. Um, Deliverance is in the same vein as Blackwater Park, I would say. Then they throw a complete 180 with their next release, Damnation, which is a progressive rock album. And in its truest sense, there's not any growling vocals at all on the album. And then after that, the the, the band really had just, um, you know, they, they, they went back to the roots with, with, with the, uh, you know, with the death metal vocals and whatnot for Ghost Reveries and Watershed. But ever since then, they've kind of morphed into more of a progressive rock band, almost in the vein of like a 1970s progressive band um, with, with some of their more recent releases. And, and to hear the contrast between Orchid on their first release and their last album, In a Cat of Enidim, which came out last year, I mean, it would sound like two different bands, I think, to, to most people. But Blackwater Park, at least to my ears, is really what bridges the gap between that those early death metal albums, which are very prevalent on, on this disc, but then also what they would ultimately become at least the last five or ten years with uh, you know a progressive rock almost an acoustic uh, sound to, to, to their to their music. So uh, I really want to dive deep into this, and I guess I'll, I'll kick to you. What are your thoughts on this as someone who's not a lifelong fan and, and basically someone who is, I don't want to say forced, but essentially asked to listen to this album, which was not in your comfort zone? Um, I, I hated it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just... Uh, I just said, and we'll catch you next week. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yes, this is definitely not, um, not something that I would reach to like, right. Like as my first choice, it's not something I would put on if I was having a rough day with work and needed like a little pick me up. Like, you know, I, I tend to put on like happy power metal and put a cup of coffee on if I really need like a boost at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it was interesting. I listened to this album three on three different occasions this week and all three times uh, was while I was working. And it really was interesting to me how the way you just described the way that it bridges the gap, it 
to me, like this album moves like a roller coaster. Um, like it, the first track, the leper affinity, um, it just gets right to the point. Like, here we go. Um, the death vocals that they don't even like easy win. Like it's, it's <laughs> vocals like right off the bat. It's a 10 minute track right off the bat. Like they're just like, here we go. Um, but as the, as you go through the album, like you really, it's, it's like these waves. I mean, the, the way that Ockerfeld sings both like growling vocals and clean vocals, you, it's kind of almost hard to believe it's the same person. Um, the, the contrast is just incredible. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I am not the type of person who dislikes growls or death vocals, but I don't really enjoy them that much in prog music as much as I enjoy it like a Children of Bodom or a band where the music's a little bit more upbeat. And has, like a melodic death metal band, yeah, right? right? Like a, like a soil work or something. Right, or scar symmetry, something that's a little bit more up-tempo. So this is something I'm really not used to listening to. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. Um, but that was kind of my takeaway from it, is that it, you really kind of just go on this on this this journey, this wave of like, you know, it starts out really heavy. There's some songs that are heavy. There's some songs that are mellow. There's some songs that are both. Um, I mean, that's pretty much kind of like my macro sense of the entire album. Yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. And, and let me just put things in perspective. When I first heard this album, I hated it. <laughs> and that's, that's not, uh, that is not an exaggeration. I remember going back to 2001, I remember going to shows at a rock club in Brooklyn called Lemoore's. And this, this is a legendary rock venue. Unfortunately, it's no longer, um, running, doing shows. They haven't done shows in probably close to 15 years at this point, but back in 2001, they, they would often get, uh, metal shows that were coming into the New York City area. I saw Sabotage there. I saw Fate's Warning there. I saw Symphony X there. I saw Rob Halford there. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the reason I bring up the venue was I remember being there for a show in the spring of 2001. And when I was there, I saw a poster on the wall for an upcoming concert with a band called Opeth. And I remember seeing the logo uh, with the with their O, their, their, the famous O, which is you know obviously the first letter. Uh, of the band. And, and I thought it was like a really cool logo. And then the next time I was at the venue, I remember seeing a ton of Opeth shirts and I knew nothing about the band. So I dug a little bit deeper and I realized that they had actually done a tour in the US in 2001 with God forbid, Angel Dust and Nevermore. And you want to talk about an eclectic lineup? That was an eclectic lineup. And I've, and I've been fortunate enough to see both Angel Dust and Nevermore live. Um, and, and, and just knowing both of those bands as intimately as I do, it's kind of shocking that Opeth and God Forbid were on this tour. Um, just, a, just what a contrast with, between those four bands. But anyway, I, I see these Opeth shirts all over the place in 2001 and 2002. And I really kind of just start checking them out. And, and, you know, Blackwater Park had just come out in 2001, and I think the first song I had heard was The Leper Affinity, and I heard it, and I never listened to them again for about two and a half years, just because I did not understand what the appeal was, right? I, I and, and Chris, I'm sure you can echo these sentiments. At the time, we were listening to a lot of prog and a lot of power metal, 
but growling vocals or, or, or those, you know, black metal vocals in, in other circles, but we were not listening to vocals like this. It was, this was not in our wheelhouse. No. And, and I would, I mean, there was a time in my life where if I heard any growls, I was out. Like, I remember a time where you told me to listen to Epica and I was like, I'm not, I don't like it. And you're like, why? And I'm like, cause there's growls. And it's like, what is that? Like 20% of Epica. But I mean, that's how like closed minded I was about that type of vocal. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure I heard Opeth at the, around the same time and just probably just tuned it out right away and just said, this isn't for me. Yeah. And, and I, I don't blame you. I, I, what, what made me kind of go back into, to going back to them, I guess, was that Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree who was at the time probably one of my favorite musicians, if not my favorite musician, you know, in the early 2000s, Porcupine Tree, which obviously sounds nothing like Opeth, uh, or at least nothing like the heavier Opeth, um, they, they were coming off a series of just phenomenal records, Lightbulb, Sun, uh, Stupid Dream, Deadwing. Uh, th- these, these were some of my favorite albums at the time. And I wound up, I guess, hearing that Stephen Wilson not only helped produce Blackwater Park, but he also appeared doing guest vocals. And I said, hmm, what I heard was nothing like Stephen Wilson. The Leper Affinity was not a Stephen Wilson uh, song that I was used to hearing with Porcupine Tree. But I said to myself, there must be some sort of a overlap or, or something that I was missing. And ultimately, the two bands wound up going on tour together um, after Opeth had released the Damnation record. So there, there was definitely a connection there, but I just didn't hear it at first. So I went to Tower Records and I bought the entire album. And I said to myself, let me just sit down and try to digest this from the beginning. And I played it and I played it and I played it. And with each listen, I, I, I was definitely uh, appreciating it more. But even at the time, it was songs like Harvest that were really like, you know, I, I really could get behind. Um, you know, I thought Patterns in the Ivy was, you know, just a beautiful, uh, beautiful instrumental track towards the end of the disc. But I still didn't understand, I guess, why this album was held by so many in such high esteem. And then as my, you know, I, I guess, you know, we all change, right? Uh, tastes change over time. I started listening to bands like Epica and other bands that had growls or growling, you know, more aggressive vocal styles. And one day the album just clicked for me. And I said, my God, this, this album is, is a work of art. And I just, what did it for me was the, the I guess we'll call it the juxtaposition between the heavy, aggressive um you know, songs combined with like these literally acoustic guitar parts with the cleanest vocals that that you could possibly hear. And, and the way I would describe this album to to someone who's never heard it is just hauntingly beautiful. And the album, even the cover art, which just speaks so clearly as to what this album is about, it's dark, but there's this beautiful, you know, scene, if you will, a beautiful scenery that's painted by by by. Um, by the band, I, I can't even I can't even do justice to it. But what I would what I would simply say is that when you listen to these tracks, it, it is a roller coaster. But it is it is the most beautiful ride that I think one can go on. And and it's the hearing those different styles just melded together in such a way that really just makes this album for me one of the greatest albums of all time. I, that that's how much esteem I hold this record in. And 
I, and I'll tell you, I, I listened to it a bunch this week just because I love it. And, and, and every time I listen to it, I hear new things that I didn't hear the time before that. And, and I think that that's part of the appeal. It's just, it's just a beautiful disc. And the production, I think, is perfect. And I would put the production up against any album that comes out today. Uh, that I definitely can agree with you on. Um, I, you know, not being like a real diehard Opeth fan, I one of the things I totally noticed was that like signature uh, Opeth like acoustic guitar work I, that I recognize from their even their more recent uh, releases that like you said are more kind of like in a prog rock type vein. Um, you definitely can hear that is still. 20 years ago was still happening. Um, definitely the production's worth bringing up. I mean, this is a beautiful sounding album. Um, even if you're not really into that kind of vocal, that, that death vocal, like, like you said, um, and I, it's funny, I was going to bring up songs like harvest and patterns and patterns in the Ivy, because you could, if you have no interest in hearing somebody scream for 10 minutes, you could put on those two tracks and, and I mean, it's almost like listening to a different band, but I mean, you could give that to any, you know, prog metal fan and just be like, you know, do you like check this out? And they would be like, Oh wow, that's really good. Um, the vocals are excellent. The guitar work is excellent. The production's really good. I found myself, uh, gravitating more to that, those kind of style songs or sure. parts of other songs that, would go into kind of a more acoustic and clean vocal type sound. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, I I'm, I'm with you, but I probably today was the third time I listened to it. And I will say like it, each time I listened to it, it got a little bit better for me. Um, I think the more I familiar familiarized myself with each song and I started to like each song started to have its own identity in my mind. Um, I definitely a song like, um, like I guess dirge for November would be a good uh, like choice. If you want to hear a little bit of both sides of Opeth, um, so, I mean, that's a, if you're going to listen to this album, and you're looking for like what's a little bit of both. Like, I would go with that track. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard for me to 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 like say a lot about this because it's not really like you said in my wheelhouse. But I will say I did really just end up enjoying it more than I thought I would. Nice, I, I, and, I, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen because you know definitely outside your comfort zone a little bit just because it's 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 prog which in and of itself is not a problem but when you add Ackerfeld's growls on top of that it's it's something to behold i, I just want to make a couple of more points first of all martin lopez the drummer who is now the drummer for someone who's probably one of my other favorite bands of the last seven or eight years uh or five years i guess at this point um his his influence on this album, I think, is um, immeasurable, and I think that you can hear a lot of this sound in modern Sony releases. Speaking of which, their new single dropped, uh, I think, about a week or two ago, and it's fantastic. Um, and I look forward to that full-length release, but his drumming is just phenomenal. Um, this entire album was played back in 2010, and I looked because I remember seeing this 
performed in its entirety in New York. And it was 10 years ago. And it kind of feels like yesterday in some ways. Uh, so it's, it was a little bit jarring to, to hear that it's been 10 years at this point. But uh, that was a show that I, I, I loved. It wasn't the best performance. And, and, and quite frankly, Michael Ackerfeld at that particular show, I don't know if he was under the weather, was, wasn't the best open show I've ever seen, but it was just so cool to hear this entire album live. Uh, it, it was it was a real trip, I, I have to say. There were certain parts of certain songs that, to me, are as beautiful as music gets. And I'll just give you a couple of examples. I'm not going to belabor the point. But I think the last uh, like minute and a half to two minutes of the Leper Affinity, we'll call it the outro, we'll say the last minute and a half, is just so... Uh, so beautiful and like in a haunting type of way. And it really just kind of takes the mood down a little bit before it cranks up again, getting into bleak phenomenal. I think the intro to harvest with that, uh, with the, with the, just the beautiful acoustic guitar intro, absolutely phenomenal. And for me, my favorite song on the album, in fact, one of my favorite songs of all time is the drapery falls. I think it is, I would put that song up against any progressive metal song, and I think it holds up extremely well. At about the midway point through this 10.5 or almost 11-minute track, at about the 5.5-minute mark, they break out into this instrumental section, which is beautiful. And then seamlessly, they get into this section of, you know, obviously growling vocals by Ackerfeld, which is just heavy and, and hard, and but but the time signatures are all over the place. And then before you know it, again, without even blinking at around the 745 mark, just right into clean vocals with acoustic guitars, back to the heavy stuff. And then back to the, uh, back to the acoustic, the, the acoustic guitar. I, I don't know how they were able to produce this album the way they did, but it's phenomenal. And, and, and that's one of the places where if you really listen closely you can actually hear on you know during the last the last verse of this song, Stephen Wilson's vocals. Uh, it's just uh, the, the the contrast between him and Ackerfeld is just absolutely beautiful. And 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 that for me, a sight unseen is my track of the week. If you listen to nothing else off this disc, the Drapery Falls is a masterpiece, and I and I highly recommend it. Um, uh, Chris, you, w- w- would you go with would you go with Harvest or would you go with um, you know, dirge for November, just because of its, uh, you know, I, I guess the fact that you get a little bit of everything. W- w- what is your track track of the week? Well, to be honest, my favorite track was also the Drapery Falls. <laughs> but no kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just like I mean, I can't really describe it any better than you just did. But I mean, just because it really does give you a little bit of a taste of everything that that Opeth has to offer on this release. Um, it's yeah, definitely my favorite track. But um, you know, it, just so we could pick something a little uh, different, I will go with Harvest as my pick for the week. Uh, and then that way, I think between our two picks, like if somebody who listens to this is not that familiar with Opeth, they'll get a little bit of of both worlds uh, as far as this album goes. Um, uh, Harvest very close because of just how I just love how beautiful it is as more of an acoustic sound, more of a clean vocals, that kind of track. Um, 
I I went back and forth between these two, and I would have went with Drapery Falls if you had said something different, but I'll go with my very close second, Harvest, for my... I, I, I don't blame you on that. It's just, um, for me, uh, it, it, for me, the Drapery Falls, I, I would say it's probably a top 10 song for me, and, and that's saying a lot, because I've heard tens or if not hundreds of thousands of songs, and this, this is right there for me. Um, just to give a sense of the accolades that this album has received over the years. Uh, and this is not me gushing over it. This is actually people that know what they're talking about. In 2017, Rolling Stone actually ranked Blackwater Park as one of the hundred greatest metal albums of all time. It came in at number 55. Uh, Rolling Stone also ranked it as the 28th best prog rock album of all time which i thought was high praise considering you know dream theater and rush and yes and just all the monster prog bands that have come out over the years um loudwire uh had in 2012 listed um blackwater park as the number two uh, i guess the number two song or number two metal song of the 21st century which is very high praise for the last track on the album not not including the the bonus disc which uh, was released later on, and uh, in June 2020, Loudwire magazine actually counted Blackwater Park as the number one progressive metal album of all time. And although it's probably not my favorite progressive metal album of all time, it's definitely definitely up there. So high praise from Loudwire for that. Um, scale of one to ten, where does this fall for you? Uh, so this is kind of a hard one for me because I mean it's not it's not going to go down as like my favorite genre of music, um, but it's a, it's just such a it's an excellent album. Uh, I can say that as just somebody who appreciates music, and I totally get where all of that praise is coming from. Um, it's just not really like my go to cup of tea. Um, I mean, I would give it like a solid. Uh, 7.0 for me which i think for for this type of thing is pretty much as high as, it, as it's gonna get so um that, that's, I, that's I, I hear you would be but Listen, i, but a, a, but I think we'd agree sorry go on yeah i will say that like with room to grow like i i feel like this definitely would be a grower for me and if i listened to it more often and and maybe like you know every few months just popped it on i think i would probably grow to appreciate it more but like just for me, this type of music definitely takes some time to marinate that like one week of listening to it three times isn't going to isn't going to do. I, I totally get that. So I look forward to what Opeth album you're selecting next week. But before we get there, I'll just say this is a, this is a this is almost as good as it gets for me. It's it's damn near perfect. Um, not my favorite album of all time, but I think I'd be hard pressed not to put it in my top 25 of all time. Uh, where it where it lands is uh, up for debate, I guess. But to me, it's a solid 9.75. I mean, it's that close to being a perfect album. And it's the kind of thing where I can go back to this at any time, uh, and, and assuming I'm in the mood, of course, but I can go back to this album and it just brings a smile to my face. I was <laughs> at one point this week, I was driving in my car while I had the album on and I thought I was going to crash the car because I was just getting so into it. Um, and again, I've heard it a million times, so it's not like it's new, but it still has that effect for me. Um, you know, it, it, Opeth is one of the bigger bands around. They've played Radio City Music Hall in New York City, which is obviously 
a really famous venue and, and, and has a ton of history there. They played the Apollo Theater twice earlier this year uh, before all concerts were shut down. This was back in February. So they're just a band that I think has really just grown in popularity you know, and obviously evolved over time, and it's they're 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 uh, you know a case study in how you can change or how a band can change, but and evolve. But they just they you know their fans just can't get enough, and 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 I agree. I think that this was their heyday, you know, going back to the early two thousands. But at the same time, I can appreciate why the direction that they've gone in since is is you know beautiful music just the same. I I. I have to uh defer to you on that that's <laughs> i mean uh, yeah I, it's i mean i can't really argue with any of that i mean personally i i would rather listen to this than the newer opeth stuff just because i think that this has a little bit more um more balls i guess to put it yeah you know. it's, it's and it's 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 more diverse let's put it that way and it's 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 it'll 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 get you moving one way or another you, you'll you'll move to this um, and with that, that, that brings us to the end of Blackwater Park. So uh, what have you got? It's your choice for next week. I look forward to uh, hearing your choice because, again, we don't discuss this beforehand. We don't discuss the album. We don't discuss the picks for next week. And uh, it, it's a complete surprise to us when we pick it. And I'm sure that you were probably saying to yourself, oh, bleep, what the, why did he choose this last week? But I'm curious to see what you have for next week. Well, I got to say, like, since we started doing this, uh, this has become like the most difficult part of the entire process is trying to figure out like what's next. And there's all week, there's just been like a number of albums kind of rattling in my head. But I feel like after Blackwater Park, um, I need a palate cleanser. So, <laughs> so um, I, I, there's, oh my God, I think there may have been like, three or four that I was positive I was going to pick this week and, and that have changed. But um, I have decided, and since I, you know, we plan on continuing to do this, I can, I can, you know, in two or four or six weeks, continue on with some of the other ones. But I, I just felt like I really wanted to talk about Angra's Angels Cry album from 1993. I uh, won't argue with you. It's, that is <laughs> also one of my favorite albums and probably my favorite Anger album. I look forward to, to revisiting it and uh, no better tribute to Andre Matos than revisiting uh, his first, his first gem with, with Angra and his first album with Angra. So I, I look forward to that, that, that will be a, uh, a really nice selection for next week. Um, I'll also say thanks to everyone that's reached out to us. We appreciate the love and support, and we uh, we look forward to hearing your suggestions. And if you have every if you have any suggestions, hit us up. We look forward to hearing or, or, or having you guys pick an album or two as we go along, and uh, you know continue to uh, remain engaged. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you. And we we welcome differing opinions. If you think I'm crazy that this is not a top twenty five disc of all time. Please let me know, and uh, you know if you think if you think Chris is crazy for not for not seeing the absolute you know masterpiece that this is, you know I'm sure he he would he would welcome welcome that just the same. Uh, so that's with that, actually, we, that's not true. I, I don't I don't welcome any any uh, dissenting opinion. Yeah, I, if you don't agree with me, then you should probably just keep quiet and and not anger me because you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> and with that please send all hate mail to his attention i'll just ignore it when it hits our inbox so thank you for that um with that we uh we bid you farewell uh we bid you farewell and we look forward to angels cry next week take it easy bud all right thanks everybody have a good one